Hey friend, welcome to the Rejoicing in Motherhood podcast. I am back with Angie Tolpin and part two of our conversation, which we started yesterday. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, go and listen to that for sure. But today we are going to talk about family discipleship, how to raise up our older kids when we still have little ones in our home that demand a lot of attention. And how can we disciple our older kids, make sure that they're growing in the Lord without neglecting either the little ones or the big ones. Angie has nine children, ages 23, all the way down to two years old. And she, I felt like, was the perfect person to talk about this question with. And so without further ado, let's hear Angie's wisdom on this topic. Hey, beautiful. Welcome to the Rejoicing in Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Vossler, and I am so glad you are here. I'm a mom of nine kids, and I truly believe that motherhood is a great and holy calling. We moms are anointed by the Lord to do a valuable work for the kingdom, raising the next generation of valiant, mighty men and women of God. Rejoicing in motherhood is more than just having fun with our kids, though that's definitely a part of what we want to talk about, but it is reveling in the beauty and the glory of the role God has placed us in as a mother. Every week, you are going to be encouraged, inspired, and equipped to walk out your everyday life with grace and purpose. So come on, let's get started. to ask you a question because I had a question from a listener recently about parenting older kids when you have little kids. And I was thinking you're going to be the perfect person to talk about this with. (laughs) So, so here was her question. She said, um, she was asking about how to disciple and train her older kids in God's ways when she has a bunch of little ones. And she was concerned that sometimes she felt like the older ones were kind of falling through the cracks on the biblical teaching and the discipleship because she was Mm -hmm. so focused on the needs of the little children. Mm -hmm. So I would just love, however you want to share about that, any tips or things, experiences that you've had in a similar way or advice that you would have for somebody in that kind of situation. Sure. First of all, I just want to commend the mom and all the moms that sense those kinds of things. I think that that's the um, most important thing of self-examination or auditing your family, right? Yeah. Um, Because you're essentially having your thumb on that spiritual thermometer of where your kids are at. And that takes intentionality in and of itself to recognize, okay, I'm not meeting the initiatives or the goals that I had in my relationship with my 15-year-old or my 11-year-old, or they seem to be struggling. I think I need one-on-one time with them. Or um, And that it takes humility to recognize that. So number one, I just want to commend the moms. Um, two, communication with your spouse. So incredibly important. Isaac mm-hmm. um, talks a lot about like how pivotal it has been in our parenting together as a team for me to be able to give the intel to him, especially when he's gone at work Mm -hmm. and super focused. He doesn't know all the things that are happening 
especially when it comes to hearts. I mean, how much, how many times does your husband say, so how was your day? And you just tell him about what you got done, but you didn't really like have an opportunity to sit down and go, I'm really concerned that this child's really struggling with their confidence in this. And I'm seeing how it's playing out and it's manifesting itself and having a a jealous attitude toward this sibling or this friend. And like how often are those deep intentional Intel conversations happening between spouses? Because when you bring those to your spouse and you, you share your deep concern about those things and to say, listen, I, I really think that this child needs more time with you, honey, or I think I need to spend more time with them to get to the core or root issue of what they're really struggling with. But it really would be better if all the other littles weren't there listening, because maybe, maybe they're struggling with some kind of secretive sin even, and they're uncomfortable talking to you about it. And maybe that's a reflection of your relationship, not having built that kind of comfortability, number one, or maybe they're comfortable talking to you, but not, they know they can't talk to you about it in front of their younger siblings. Mm -hmm. So do you see what I'm saying? It could be two different things. And, And so it takes recognizing that there's a spiritual thing going on because sin is a spiritual thing. Yes. Um, struggling in their identity is a spiritual thing. Um, feeling like they're talking to God, but he's not hearing them or not sure how to study the word or hear from God, or just being at a place where maybe they're bored in their walk. I hate to say walk with God, but their journey of Mm -hmm. growing Mm -hmm. in spirit in, in owning their faith as their own, maybe they need mentorship and discipleship in what that looks like. And for you to take time away and invest in them just one-on-one can make a huge difference in being able to target what it is, first Mm -hmm. of all. And then to share privately with your spouse again and go, hey, maybe I need to meet with that child. There have been times that that's something that I've done during different seasons where I've talked to Isaac and he'll go, okay, so maybe you should go meet with her and have a Bible study or, and and part of it, like, I'll, I'll just be transparent. There was a time with my oldest daughter where I had a lot of littles and she was barely independent educationally because she was 14, 15 years old. And she has, um, she is a very confident learner. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it was easy to home in a sense to homeschool her because I knew that she could read the books that I was giving her and write the papers and she would follow through and get those things done. But I felt like spiritually, like our relationship even and sharing, I didn't fully know where she was at all the time because I was so busy doing these other things. And so I remember having a conversation with Isaac and just sharing this concern and going, there's no problems right now, but like, I don't want there to be. Yes. And his support of saying, Ange, why don't you just start taking her out on Saturday mornings for a couple hours to meet with her. And so that was something that we did for about two or three years. It wasn't every Saturday, but we tried to do it at least three times a month. And there were times where we would just read through the Bible and pray together. There were times where we would read through a book together. There were times when we would just spend time together. We'd even just go shopping together and get her what she needed or sit and have coffee. And I'd listen to her heart. It it can look so different. But the point is, is building that one-on-one relationship with your kid. And I think that it can be hard when you have many littles, but it has to be a priority over pulling weeds, over 
whatever else is not eternal. Yeah. And I, I truly believe, even though I did those things, I could have done them more. I could have. Sure. Of course. You know what I mean? Like you can always look back and go, Oh (sighs) yeah. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sharing this from a place of like, Oh, I did it perfect and do what I did. Like that's not it at all. But, but I do think that there's like every child needs to have that um, intentional relationship where they can talk to you about their doubts and their faith, temptation to sin, questions they have, all those things. But when you, when you see that, like you have the littles, you do have to break away sometimes with them in order to have those deeper conversations. Um, so that would be like my main, that would be the main thing that I know I have done that Isaac has done as well. Um, but also there's this element of like being able during discipleship time to not lead only to the littles. If you, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use, I'm going to use, uh, a larger institutional church as an example. A lot of times what you find, not always, but what we've seen is that sometimes a sermon will be targeted more towards a nominal Christian or someone maybe who's just walking into church for the first time. And, and I love hearing the gospel. I learn something every single time, but when churches do that, what they're doing is they're targeting a certain person in a spiritual journey sure, and not feeding those who maybe need discipleship, who are, have been walking and are stronger in their faith and they're looking for more meat. Right. 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 And so Paul even talks about this in scripture, moving from spiritual meal, milk to spiritual meat. And that should be our intention with our children as we're discipling them to be giving them spiritual milk when they're babies, but then as they're growing to be giving them more meat. And I think sometimes, especially when you have like many littles, and just one that's maybe 11, 12, or, mm-hmm. or a mature nine-year-old, you have one, it's harder during your like family discipleship time because you're trying to like, you know, B-I-B-L-E, let's, let's do stuff that's right. more towards the littles, right? And I, I get that, but I have always actually tried to gear more towards my olders, and then the littles will grasp some of it. Mm-hmm. But then during the day, throughout our day, we have like those more kids songs happening. And and what I've also found is that it actually grows my littles up in spiritual maturity so much faster than what I've seen in in other families that don't do this. Yes. Um, to where their vocab their biblical vocabulary is so much is so vast. You know what I mean? Yes. They understand words like sanctification and self-control and justification and things like that, that you're like, what, a six-year-old knows what that, you know? Yeah. And, and I I just think that sometimes we underestimate kids. Absolutely. And God's design of this intelligent human. Yep. And I, I think that when we respect our older children and we teach to the older, the others may not get all of it, but they'll get some, yeah. which is amazing. And And then you can also just follow up with the littles. So that those two things would be kind of like my main recommendations. I think that is so helpful. (laughs) I love that. I really feel like, yeah, that is wonderful, wise advice. And I, I'm like taking notes in my mind for even our family, (laughs) you know, I'm like, yes, yes. yes. I mean, it's so important. I, I love that. I mean, you are so right. 
when those little children hear bigger concepts, it really does grow them so quickly. And you're right. I mean, I I was just thinking how we get so programmed in our culture to look at kind of everything from like this like evolutionary standpoint and we don't we definitely underestimate the little kids. Mm-hmm. And if we if we really think about it from God's perspective, I mean, I'm like my my kids have been um watching some like old superbook <laughs> videos this week when they were they were mm-hmm. sick and they were watching videos and i'm just you know they're watching like you know moses and samuel and you like look at the the children in the bible that god had direct conversations with and was drawing them yes. into even into like powerful prophetic ministry like in the case of samuel as a child and we're like, oh, but our kids need to just, you know, they can't understand if we read the Bible, they need a Bible storybook. And it's like, well, no, that's fine. Bible storybooks are great, but they can understand the Proverbs too, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, 100%. I think one thing that Isaac says all the time is don't, um, don't eliminate or edit or, um, censor the Bible from your kids ever. Powerful. And yeah. I think that there there are a lot of um, Bible story books, as you put it, right? That they do. I mean, they'll put in the most traditional kids stories or narratives of Scripture, but then they omit so much of the harder things. Or they make like Noah's flood, for example. They make it seem like it's this really fun boat ride, right? When in reality, like, <laughs> like the whole world drowned. This yeah. is a big deal. Like if parents are not talking to their kids about death and heaven, and yeah. like, they yeah, and need sin to. equals consequences. You yeah. know, <laughs> like I mean, there's, so there's like a yeah. lot missed if you're only parenting your two, three, four, five, six year old out of a children's Bible. There's so much that's missed. Um, I do. I agree with you. There's a place for it. We have a ton of kids, toddler Bibles and and kid books. I'm pretty yes. selective on which ones we I do like. Too. Yeah. Um, but they're great for keeping their attention because they're colorful and they can sit there with their special Bible. But we still read out of the Bible every day Yes, um, as a family. And it comes from our Bibles. And yeah. so the kids are sitting there listening, even though they're trying to find it in their Bible. And, and actually, that's one of the things that will reveal all of the things that are missing in their Bibles when they can't <laughs> yes. find it. And true. If, if you're paying close attention, you'll see it. And um, so it's just interesting how kids will pick up on that. And then they'll start to desire, can I have a Bible like yours? And that's something that I've heard almost every single time with my children is when they are ready for reading and all of that kind of stuff, they desire to have a Bible like mommy's or daddy's, you know, and that is a beautiful desire that they would want that. Yeah. one thing that comes to mind that I just wanted to share about um, parenting towards the maturity of your oldest when you're sitting in discipleship, one of the things that we've seen for sure within families, I'm sure you would agree with this, is that um, the oldest children really do help set the culture of the family. Oh, And yes. so when you pour into that oldest one and they're growing strong in their faith, they, as an older sibling and peer to your younger children have massive impact and influence on your younger kids. And so um, when you're parenting them and you're discipling them and you're feeding them spiritual meat, then their lives, their character, their identity, the choices they make, which is an example to the younger kids, 
is completely different than if you miss out on that opportunity. And that helps so much with the younger kids. Like I even just think of the conversations that the kids have. So one really simple example is this last week, our fifth son turned 15 and, um, he, we were going into town, Megan and I for a chiropractor appointment and he needed to get something like he needed another tank top and some shoes and things like that. So he's like, mom, can I come into town with you? I was like, oh yeah, sure. And then it dawned on me, oh, Austin might not be working today. I'm just going to text him and see if he's available. Um, And he's my son that's married and has a little girl and his wife is pregnant. And I said, no big deal, no pressure if you can't, but hey, here's an opportunity to spend a long time with your brother, Luke. And he jumped on it took him out. They went shopping and it was like a special, they went bowling together and they just hung out. And I have to tell you, my 15 year old was literally glowing when I picked him up. He was so overjoyed. And that is the power of when you have an older son or daughter that is growing in the Lord and purposeful and intentional in their relationships with their younger siblings. So he knew when I was asking him, it wasn't like, oh, babysit your 15-year-old brother. He doesn't need that. He could have sat at the coffee shop and done homeschool or something. But I was like, you know, I I don't really ever tell him what we're doing and and see if it would work out. I'm just going to put it out there and see. And it ended up being such a blessing. Their relationship grew, I'm certain of it, from going bowling together and shopping together and just hanging out and guy talk. and, And I trust him to yeah. be a godly biblical man in his life because yeah. I see their lives and yes. I know that he's been discipled by my husband and we have men in our church that also meet with him and he meets with, but they like gather together and spur one another on biblically. And so it was just really cool. So that's just an example of what I'm talking about, but that yeah. wouldn't necessarily happen if I was constantly catering to the baby in the family. Yeah. Do you know what that's I mean? True. Absolutely. So Yeah, that's beautiful. It just makes me think too, like what a gift and like uh, a reward, you know, really from the Lord that when you've poured into your older children, that then they can kind of become like this backup, (laughs) you know, system, you know, I don't, you know, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word to, to help grow everybody else. Like that's just such a gift. Well, that's family, right? Like, yeah. I mean, really, that that is family, understanding that we're all influenceable. We all impact one another. When one's down, the other picks the other up. Um, it, that's what biblical family is supposed to be. It's what biblical community is called to do, right? Carry yes. one another's burdens and, and rejoice with one another when there's rejoicing and mourn with like. And I, if it can't happen in family first, yeah. then it likely isn't happening in church family. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, but but I could also say the opposite. If it isn't happening in your church family, then it might also not be happening in your in your family too. It can go both ways. Yeah. And so, but I do believe that the family, for those who are walking in Christian homes and and leading Christian families, yes, we need to understand that the family is the training ground to equipping our children to be a, an active member of the larger body of Christ when they're older. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. This has been so good. Such a delight. I mean, we're just learning all together and growing and it's, it's yes. great. So before we end, I have a couple little fun questions for you that I ask everybody. The first one is, do you have a product or a resource that you use and love that you would want other moms to know about? 
Yeah. So I think that since we've been talking about parenting a lot, um, the main thing I would think about is the parenting mentor program. Um, that's something that my husband and I do together. For those of you who don't know, um, Isaac is a church planter and he and I are in full-time ministry together. We have the Courageous Parenting Podcast. So you can listen to us together there if you haven't to kind of get a taste test of what we're like. Um, but we do a parenting mentor program every six weeks at BeCourageousMinistry.org. And it is a six session. So you'll get like one hour teaching that comes with a parenting packet that has um, all the scriptural references for that session, along with assessments, courageous parenting challenges, date night questions, um, resources. We have resource lists for that specific topic that is covered, um, meaning like tools that if you want to, you can go and get. They're just helpful books that we've used with our kids over the years on specific topics. So we cover theology, the theology of parenting. We cover the heart of parenting. Um, purity, obedience, which also covers discipline. Um, And we go over what we call the 10 steps to biblical discipline. Um, And then discipleship encourages the last session, which could Mm -hmm. also be called equip. It's where we talk about all the really hard topics that are hard in our culture today, whether that be abortion or uh, drugs, depression, identity, um, sex, like all of those really hard conversations, suicide, those are all conversations that how, you know, how do you have those conversations with your kids? That's covered in the, the parenting mentor program. And then we also do three lives that are 60 minutes teaching and 30 minutes Q and a afterwards that are in our exclusive be courageous app. And so that's a private place where people can ask us questions and it's, it's a safe, confidential place. Yes. That is so cool. I know I I love hearing about all the stuff that you guys do and all the mm. amazing content that you put out and I I highly mm-hmm. advocate or recommend everybody listen to their podcast because it is mm. so good and I am always you. challenged and encouraged every mm. single week. <laughs> oh, so, I'm glad. Yes. Yeah. Yes, love it. So, okay, final question. What is bringing you joy in motherhood right now? Well, I would say, can I add, it's not just motherhood, but grandmotherhood. Yes, um, absolutely. That all, it's all I, part of it. It is. I, that is just a special new experience that I've never had before. You know, Quincy is now 10 months old and my husband and I have tried to do a date night. Like we'll babysit and have a date with Quincy so that Austin and Caroline can go out. And we committed in February. I think that was when I just said, Hey, I just really want to make sure that I'm building a relationship with her. Cause a lot of times when they come over, I have my littles and it's right. easy to just be busy serving the whole big family when they come over and not like there've been times where I haven't even gotten to hold her when she was a baby. And that was so upsetting. And so I, I, I shared that, sadness with my husband. I just said, can we commit, can we get our olders to babysit our younger so that we can just go spend time with our granddaughter? And, and so we, we have done that uh, two times. And then we also, um, have watched her so that they could go on a marriage retreat and so that they could go, um, celebrate my son's birthday. When he turned 20, they, they went on a four day thing. And so we had her that whole time. And, um, it's just been, what's neat about it is that my youngest is two and he has this like built-in little niece 
Yes. That, you know, it's almost, it's like he's had grown up taking care of a baby sometimes, you know, cause they come over for church and different things like that. And, and seeing her on a regular basis has just been a real joy and blessing as we're getting older and, you know, so it's just kind of neat. Um, I would say that that's one of my big joys right now. Oh, that is so sweet. I love that. <laughs> Really Can't wait. I love having my own babies and my and my kids yes. and all my teenagers and everybody. And it's going to mm-hmm. be, yeah, I can just imagine the absolute joy and delight of having the next generation being brought into well, the and family. It's such a joy to see them raising her in such a biblical, solid way. Like yeah. our dream has been like, hey, you guys are going to do better than us like stand on our shoulders. We're going to do our best, but we want you to sky's the limit. You know what I mean? And I truly believe that they're doing such a fantastic job together. And, um, it's really, I mean, that's the thing. I I feel like that's part of a pinnacle as a parent, when you see your children, like successful in a spiritual relationship, both biblically with the Lord, but with a wife and then with their own children, it's like, okay, you know, we're doing yes. this. Like, thank you, Lord. And it's, not us. like, it's not us doing it. It's that God got a hold of his heart. And I'm just so thankful yes. um, and to see them doing hard things, even though they're young and they have teachable hearts, but they have so much wisdom and it's really is the Lord. It's so awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. That's so good. Well, Angie, thank you so much for being on the show today and taking this time to talk with me. I'm so thankful. Would you just, as we, as we close, would you just share with everybody where are great places to connect with you? Sure. Yeah. So, um, obviously all of the resources and everything, like I said, are at becourageousministry.org. So you can find my blog, the podcast, all of our courses, the parenting program, We even have a shop there that has my book and a bunch of other merch and stuff like that. And then there's links there to everything, including our social media. So they can find me at courageous.mom on Instagram or courageous.parenting because Isaac and I are doing reels and fun stuff over there too. Um, And it's the same for Facebook, um, Courageous Mom encourages parenting. So great. Well, we'll have all the links for all the things um, for everybody so you can easily find them. So thank you, my friend. It's been such a delight. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, friend, I hope you have enjoyed this long conversation with Angie these last couple of days. Man, I got so much out of this, and I pray that you do too. I know that her wisdom and experience is something that I just so value. It's so wonderful to be able to have ladies to look up to that are ahead of us, and she's ahead of me, so I'm really thankful. I'm really thankful for this. I just pray that God will bless you with a deep understanding of what he's called you to do a deep understanding of your place in the world and in your family, that you will understand and feel the pleasure of the Lord over you as you walk out the things that He has called you to in this season of your life. 
Remember that the show notes and all the links to everything that Angie and I talked about are going to be over in the show notes at kirstenvossler.com. So go on over there, avail yourself of all the beautiful resources that Angie and Isaac Tolpin have for you through Courageous Parenting and the Be Courageous Ministry. And I know you will be blessed. I know your family will be impacted and encouraged. So I bless you, my friend. Have a wonderful week. I will see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the show today. If you are encouraged or learned something, why don't you share this with a friend? Oh, and another thing. My mom would love to connect with you more on her website, kirstenbossler.com. While you are there, you can sign up for her email list, read her blog, or check out the show notes. Have a great week. See you next time.